0: Hello and welcome to the Rigore Podcast, the show that's as considered and well thought out as a Federico Gatti backpass. I'm Giancarlo Rinaldi and I'm joined as always by my cousin, the happy Venetian Marco. Marco,
1: how are you doing this week? I'm uh slightly less happy Venetian this week because we didn't oh. You've, you've been spoiled. I know exactly, exactly. <laughs> no, it, it was a, as we'll get on to still a good result, but yeah, it would have been nice to win.
0: Always nicer to win. Always nicer to win. We're recording on Sunday night at the end of a a decent actual Sunday night game. I wasn't my expectations weren't all that high from a uh, Torino against Roma. Roma, the Mourinho park the bus merchants and Torino usually a lot of huff and puff, but not much end product, but. Actually, a good game spoiled a bit by the conditions of the pitch, really, which was not which was not great. But but goals for um, the two big men up front, Lukaku and in, in trademark style, and and then Zapata getting an equaliser. I mean, I thought a draw was probably a pretty fair result in that one, although it didn't do either team really any great favours in terms of league position.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, I don't know. I would have thought. Maybe Torino's slightly happier with it. But I um, Lukaku seems to be finding his feet now for Roma. Um Clearly Mourinho would rather have won that game. But, you know, I think, is that three games in a row he scored now? Yeah, he's on a game. good run. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's on a good run. So, yeah, so it looks like that's going to pay dividends for them. Zapata, I always thought was quite a good striker. And, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he seems to be settling in at Torino I, as well I think he's quite a nice fit for Toro because that's really, that is their chronic problem, really is
0: scoring goals. so if they could get someone that could deliver that, because I thought they played some decent stuff tonight, they've got a good attitude they're a classic sort of mid-table team, but he could possibly tip them into being something a bit better than that, Roma off to a bad start but I think everyone expects them to clamber up the table yeah. squad's too strong I think to stay in the in the bottom half for too long, and as you say, if, if if Lukaku starts hitting form and teams up with Dybala, then they've you know they've definitely got a lot of, a lot of prospects, and and you know a team that well not watching with much regrets because they're going great guns at the moment, but you know the team that fell out with Lukaku in the summer, Inter were were in action earlier, and it, it prompts my. Question of the night, really, Marco? I mean, as the way things are going, have wrapped up the scudetto
1: already after five games. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's it's. I know you're joking, but let's face it. It looks like they are a bit like Napoli last season, head and shoulders above everyone else in the league this season. Um, Napoli are a mess under Garcia. Uh, Milan uh, look okay, but they don't look strong enough really to challenge for the title. Um, so at Lazio haven't, haven't started great either. So yeah, you would think that Inter have got a great chance of winning winning the league based on their start. And it was some goal as well by DiMarco. He ha, he has that in him. I've seen him do that before, but um yeah, it was a it was a beautiful hit. It was a beautiful hit. It wasn't a
0: beautiful performance particularly. I mean they were well I mean, against Empoli, you know, you would expect them to win and they got their goal and they kinda bit with a makeshift team not not all their first choice or then I think it was it was job done I mean the the case for sort of for the prosecution I guess is that you know they're already three points clear of a team that they thrashed 5-1 yeah you know that's their closest rivals as you see you know the other potential contenders look weak I mean Napoli today we saw after Scalia storming off or Looking grumpy this tonight. It was the, the turn of Victor Ozzymen to not look very happy, and it, all is not well in the in the state of Naples. It feels like Rudy Garcia maybe trying to stamp his authority on, and it's not it's not going down well. They just don't look the team that they were, I and mean, they've got the players still to to well be doing better than they are. But there's certainly just that undercurrent you get of kind of malaise that you know players that were playing with. A Big smile on their face and playing lovely football it just doesn't look just doesn't look great right now.
1: No, definitely not. And I think it does show. You know, often you hear, "Oh well, anyone could do well with that team." Uh, you know, with uh, but it shows the difference that managers can really make. And there has been such a sea change at Napoli. I know last season, towards the end of the season, they did they weren't as breathtaking as they were at the start of the season. So I suppose you could say that this is a a continuation on that downward slope but I don't think so I think Garcia's methods aren't working for whatever reason and I think it does start to look like he's lost some of the senior players or is losing them and if he does that then it's not going to be a good season. I mean I, I just wonder how long De Laurentiis will, will, will stick with him. He was the cheap option so I imagine knowing De Laurentiis he'll stick with him for longer than the fans want anyway. <laughs> yeah, I would say
0: so. That's that's probably
1: that's probably true. I mean, and the danger is that by that stage,
0: you know, squiddy to Europe, everything could be gone, which would be a shame, as I say that you know. That was if that was to be the high kind of watermark for this team because it looked like a side that was capable of going on and doing great things and you know and especially in Europe it'd be a shame if if that wasn't the case if it was sabotaged by just a rubbish manager yeah but I mean we have time as I say we're only we're only five games in but another team which you didn't mention touted as contenders of course off to a great start was Juventus but I mean they really um, hit the buffers I mean I alluded to one comedic incident in my intro with uh, one of the most incredible own goals you'll ever see. I mean, it was inconsequential to the result in the end because they were already getting beat, but there were so many elements of that. I mean, I don't know, Wojciech Czesny had a bad day at the office. He'll probably never want to see Armand Loriente again because he threw one into the net, which... Kindly to save his blushes they credited to Lorienti and then parried one out to to give the 3-2 the and then just to compound Juve's misery, the man that they were meant to sign in the summer, I mean there's not many things more beautiful than a Berardi left foot finish and, and he produced an absolute cracker there. Chiesa got one for Juve. For every week I watch him, I think, it's so uncannily like his father, the way he strikes the ball. It, it spooks me every goal he scores nearly because just the last couple of goals he scored have been pure pure Enrico Chiesa strikes really as well, but it was to be for long. So, I mean, a setback to Juve, to certainly to Luz. It's a swallow though, maybe one of those teams that can just produce that kind of random brilliant yeah, performance.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that's right. Sassuolo have that in in their locker the the ability to beat these teams and uh, you know they 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 can be a bit up and down but they do seem to get up for for the bigger teams in particular I, I felt a bit sorry for Gatti I mean I know it was a terrible long goal and it was I, I can only think it was sort of muscle memory or something that he thought even though the keeper had passed him the ball he, th- he just sort of kicked it backwards where the keeper should be but um yeah, it, it, I don't think for Juve it is a disaster. It wasn't a great performance, apart from anything else, which is more concerning than the loss itself, I think. But, it, you know, you're going to lose a few games. If they recover again next week, then, then they can be back on back on track. Well, they've got a chance midweek
0: because we have got a round of yeah. games and incredibly... Third versus fourth is Lecce against Juventus. I mean, and hats off to, to Lecce. They just keep um, surprising everyone off to a great a great start. I don't think even the most ardent Lecce fan expects that to continue, but for as long as it does, you know, if they can they're making big strides towards salvation already. I mean, just going back to the Inter thing and whether, I mean, to sort of balance that out and say the the case kind of for the defence for saying that the Scudetto's still open is that, one, we're only five games in, but two, that, you know, today, well, earlier in the week, rather, they looked pretty mediocre in Europe. It was one of their poorest performances, I thought, and that would, you know, concern me a bit that the able would Produce a performance, or to be as overwhelmed as they were there. Although they won't face a Spanish team in Serie A, right enough. Yeah. And and finally, I suppose the only bum note of that win today was Marco Arnautovic having to, having come on, had to be helped off the pitch. it seemed to have looked like he tore a hamstring and likely to be out for some time. That's not in itself a major blow, I don't think. But the only thing is that you know, for in terms of depth of squad. I guess he was there to kind of give a rest to Lautaro and Turam and the rest of the strikers, and that might be that might be a blow. But I mean, I think all things being equal, they, we've said they've got the strongest squad, and I'd expect them to keep keep on keeping on. The flip side to that debate, Marco, was my other big question of the week: was Are Empoli doomed already? No goals, five defeats. Um, do you, do you think that we're already seeing? Tuscany's um, second-finest, um, consigned to,
1: to Serie B at this stage. Well, I mean, it's very difficult to, to recover from a start like that, I think. I mean, the, although, having said that, I'm just looking at the league table now, Lazio are 15th on four points, so it, points-wise, it's certainly recoverable, but if when you've not scored a goal, when you're getting beaten 7-0 and things like that. It's, you know, difficult. I suppose they got rid of an 80, They've got a new manager, in, um, or an old manager, but a new manager. Um, he might be able to turn things around. It, it's I wouldn't write them off entirely yet, just because I know Serie A can have that funny thing of the sort of bottom few teams being cut off, but there can be a bit of a battle toward until the end of the season between them as to which ones actually go down. So they'll need to start getting some points or scoring some goals soon. though. I think so, yeah. I mean Aurelio
0: Andreazzoli taking over, they bring in the Tuscan coefficient in Serie back up to twenty five percent of manager, same, so but uh, yeah, no, I, I think the worry for me if I was an Empoli fan uh, thankfully I'm not, but if I was would be the good start that some other um, potential, we mentioned Lecce and, uh, you know, the perennial relegation battlers but off the a flyer, Frosinone as well doing really well, Verona who, you know, were battling it all last season as well, so that would be the worry to me more than that because I think there's, you know, there are a few teams down the bottom end, Lazio, Monza, Udinese—that I would expect to move up the way. So it doesn't leave a lot. Maybe Cagliari, maybe Salernitana doesn't leave a lot of teams for you to kind of clamber above. It's early days, and you you don't know because these things—you know—you can hit a flat spot. Any team, you know, can can hit a bad run. But it's just you know that that lack of goals, and even you know, watch the game today, and it actually sparked into life at the end when, especially when Inter went down to ten men because they used up all their subs, and and now which was lying on the sidelines. You know they did have they did have some chances, so you know it's not all doom and gloom. And I think you know Baldanzi to me is one of the most exciting young yeah, players in the yeah. in the league. So you know there's there's still there's still sort of reason to pull. And that and that's you know that is that's uh, no consolation to an employee supporter, but you know the ethos of the club is about bringing is about discovering talent, is about nurturing talent. You know when they're still doing that and. You know, if if it means that, you know, I think they kind of take a season in Serie B or two on the on the chin, even uh, uh, regardless, you sort know, they keep they'll stick to their philosophy regardless of that of, of that happening. Over on the other side of Tuscany, however, I think it's fair to say even I would have to admit that um, Fiorentina had one of the most fluky victories. Um, uh, another team, Mudinese Struggling for goals, and I mean that was that was really what saved Fiorentina. Well, Pietro Terraciano and some terrible finishing was what saved was what saved Fiorentina really, and 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 some excellent finishing from Fiorentina. in the two shots that they had on target, <laughs> <laughs> I think when they scored both of them, Lucas Martinez Quarta, our our answer to John Stones, the the goal scoring. Um, <laughs> defender or whatever that slots in the midfield, actually went even further this way and a marauding run through the middle, I mean great great assist and um, finished off beautifully and then just the sucker punch at the end and, and that man of the amazing goal scoring record, eh, Jack Bonaventura popped up but it was I, I, I felt a great deal of sympathy, well not a great deal, I felt a, a modest amount of sympathy for Udinese because they did boss the game they did have a lot of the ball and Poor Lorenzo Luca. I don't know if you saw the chance I he didn't. had no, to bring it. Well, he had a chance to um, a, a great break, and uh, really, I think if he'd taken it with his left foot, it was a tap in. Even with his right foot, it should have been a tap in, but he pretty much tapped it round the post um, in front of an open goal. So bad, and an unfair result, particularly for. Um, the Ebozele right back for Udinese who tortured Cristiano Biraghi for the whole game. How Biraghi did not get a booking, I don't know, because he, he resorted to every method he could think of to try to stop him and failed. Um, but, you know, that couldn't be. I mean, it was interesting because it all came down that way because... Very early on, Fiorentina had to substitute. Dodo got injured after about five minutes. They brought on teenager Michael Coyote, who I've raved about before. And he had a great game again at at right back. But it just shows you, I suppose, you'll get games in a season where you don't play particularly well and you get a result and and vice versa. I mean, we're always on here feeling unlucky and feeling sort of sorry for ourselves. But this was actually a week where I I felt quite blessed because that game... As I say, nine times out of ten, I think Udinese would have come away with something. Maybe not the win. But the, the worry would be, if you were an Udinese supporter, it's just who's going to stick it in the net? Because they had good, good chances today. Nobody did. Whereas Fiorentina were just that bit more clinical and it, it pings them up the table um, quite nicely into into European contention, which was lovely for me. Um, for you though, Marco, not such a not such a good week. A, a game against against Brescia, sort of recently
1: returned to Serie B. Yeah. Brescia. Well dated, but then let back in. And yeah, um, it it was a it was a to be honest, it was a very dull game. It was uneventful, and one of the reasons I think that was is that it was played in a completely empty stadium. It was like going back in time to COVID. Um, when uh, yeah it, it, there was no, no fans in which uh, you I, I, I couldn't work out why it was but it was because of the Brescia fans behavior in their playoff games uh, or play out games last season um and it, it was just a game lacking in atmosphere lacking in chances Brescia to be uh, we had more of the ball we had more pressure but Brescia on the break had the better chances i don't think we had a shot on target in the whole game which is disappointing to say the least um and Joranen had to make a couple of great saves actually, including one near the very end. Uh, but yeah, we just couldn't break brescia defended quite stoutly and we didn't seem to have many ideas as to how we could how we could get through. Cheryshev looked good in in parts. Uh, he he got his first start of the season, nearly scored in the first mm-hmm. half with a nice cutting in and, and curling shot. But um yeah, I just hope that it was an off day for us and the sort of lack of atmosphere played into it and we can get back to creating... Because I think the difficulty is the higher up the table we are, the more we're going to get teams like that that are quite happy to sit back, hit us on the break. Um, so we need to have some ideas as to how to break these teams down. Yeah, it did, it did look... I mean, I watched the highlights.
0: It did look a fairly drab affair. And as you say, the, the, the no fans thing was, is just is just terrible I mean it's a certain irony that they weren't there because they were serving a penance for a sort of a crime that never or something that never happened yeah, you know they, uh. they didn't get relegated in the end so they could have saved themselves all of that <laughs> you know firework throwing and and losing the game to Cosenza 3-0 you know they were they went out in disgrace kind of thing and then look who's back Bracia and they're actually going pretty well I mean you know they're, they're sitting mid-table and they've only played three games yeah. so you know it's in uh, the irony will not be lost on people that um, a, a, a team that is, is run by Massimo Cellino has benefited from the financial irregularities that another club, Regina, not being able to take yeah. their place in the league. You know, there's a certain irony in that as well. But I, I, I thought, though, the way things have panned out so far, anyway, over the weekend. Not such a painful draw because um, Parma, who you know your tip certainly for yeah. the and everybody's with eyes tip for the top spot, were uh, held to a draw by by Sampdoria. So you know, not a great result for for Samp, but I suppose a point that maybe gives a bit of oxygen to to theiro because they're off to a, a terrible start. Yeah. Really, you know, I mean it's. It, them and Spades, have come down and just kept on, kept on dropping. But as you see, a draw there leaves it kind of. It is our classic. Let's have a. A, a rigori podcast cliche, but it's a wide open. It's a wide open league. Serie B, and it looks like being that way again. This, you know, because as I say, we thought maybe there were three teams. It could be that you know Palermo is the other one of the the big three, if you will, still to still to play this weekend. So you know, potentially they could um, start to make a move away. But seeing you know Parma held by Samp suggests that it's going to be another season where. Uh, there will be plenty of twists and turns, unlike, unlike possibly Serie A.
1: Yeah, and it is in fact Venezia Palermo on Tuesday, so it's a it's a big game that one. Um, it would be really good if we could win that, then that puts us in a hugely strong position, I think, in terms of um, playoff hopes, which is all I'm aiming for at the moment. He's talking like a proper
0: manager. There, he's not getting the. We'll keep our feet on the ground and take it one game at a time. He said, "That's that's yeah, how we I'm like even it." Even talking
1: about playoffs at this. Point.
0: That that is true. That is true. I mean, to be fair, I'm a, I'm equally superstitious myself. I would never talk of anything. You know, if sitting in a a European spot just now, but um, you know, given the performance they put in midweek against Genk, which was very. A, a very mixed bag performance i 'll not be getting i'll not be getting carried away either, but yeah, it's a busy week ahead um midweek games coming up i mean we won't be we won't be convening through the week because we no. do have some other lives to live, but we'll be back again at the weekend, so we do not have that much of a life um so we'll be back again next weekend with some more chat about Serie A and Serie B and and you know if there is a chance to gratuitously ridicule Juventus then I'll certainly be <laughs> up for that <laughs> And uh, but regardless of your regardless of your colours and I've been hopefully <laughs> alienated half of the listeners at least yep. um, if you can like and share and, and get this to people's ears then that is genuinely much appreciated and uh, we'll be back again next week with more of the same.
1: Speak to you then.